it does seem like Australian TV is like more lenient on nudity than than our television is though, because they they showed some of like the Donald Trump stuff with his dick out, and I was like, they would oh, really? never let that fly. <laughs> and then and then uh, you had to paint over the dick with Hillary's face, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because it's like painted, maybe they don't they don't mind so much. I mean, if it was just some dude's dick out, perhaps that's not going down. Yeah, I mean, it's not a real dick; it's a dick you've imagined. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. That wall I painted, I still get DMs every six to eight months from the guy that lives across because because it's a tall piece. Um, Trump's face looks into that apartment, so every time, every time someone, every time someone obtains that apartment for themselves. They message me and go, buddy, can you please get rid of this shit? <laughs> the boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs, and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place. Talk about the crypto space and that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) You alive? You dead? Dude, kind of. It had to be like the most disheveled yo of all time. <laughs> yo. <laughs> Lush, what's up? What's going on, man? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> I'm Tyler, by the way. Larry. Nice to meet you, man. And I'm Mike. Hey, dude. What time is it where you are right now? It's in the morning, right? Uh, yeah, it's like 11 o'clock. So are you pushing your makers? Uh, what time was that? Like 5 a.m. for you this morning? Yeah, just been chilling it all day. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Australia? Yes, sir. Uh, I caught the accent. I didn't realize you were from Australia. Yeah, man. You're cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of us. Is, a- there like, <laughs> is there like a solid street art crew out there? Yeah, I mean, like Melbourne, where I'm from, is pretty much the capital of it, if you Google it, I guess. How much of that is because of you? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to think mathematically here. I'm bad with math. That's my problem. No, no. I mean, like we had Banksy come out here early on and stuff, and he sort of kicked off like a weird little street art scene here. And then, um, like the graffiti thing's been going on forever here. So, it's it's a good city for it. It's pretty easy to do stuff and. Yeah, it's just a bit violent. That's the only problem. Did you ever get to meet Banksy? Any uh, intel? No, nah, but he's like chewed me out on emails a bunch of times and stuff. He's like a really cutting person. But um, it's definitely one person. Or is Banksy? Uh, I mean, Banksy has a crew of dudes. Um, like he had this crew of guys since the beginning, and then um recently like some weird stuff happened and he's got a whole new set of people working for him now but yeah it's it's a business that's for sure gotcha, for sure but he, he's a he's the head honcho no doubt like i got a, i got a lot of respect for him he's he he's done a lot of cool stuff for me for no real reason i don't get it but 
Yeah, he, he does. He does a lot of cool stuff on the on the low for people. Yeah, and just like the whole anonymity thing is like super interesting, you know. Like that's why I was asking you, like if you had some intel on him, because I've always been curious, like who the fuck is Banksy? But I guess that's the point, you know. You're not supposed to know. I think people are still wondering who the fuck is Lush. So I know, <laughs> dude, right? Just a fat guy from Melbourne, I guess. <laughs> I love the ski mask look. We can't see your face on here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at home. I don't want to give away. You know how people are with, like, telemetry and they'll look at the position of the sun and work out where I am or something. <laughs> <laughs> people are crazy. I know, dude, for real. So do you like the uh, whole anonymity thing as well? Yeah, I prefer. I'd rather be known for what I do than for what I look like and how I, you know, all that sort of thing, my personality and such. But yeah, I'd rather that. I mean, it doesn't help with sales and stuff, to be honest. It actually harms it, but yeah, it's, it's kind of fun still. I can walk down the street and not have people annoying me. So, all for the most part. <laughs> then you throw on the mask and like, oh shit, that's lost. There he is. <laughs> now, some people just just no i don't know maybe i've given away too much on myself already it kind of plays into the whole internet culture that you're you know creating with all the the meme art that you do it's like everyone's kind of anonymous on the internet if you want to be yeah i mean i like the old internet like i mean i've been using internet since what 96 so i was from that generation where you do not give someone your real name you don't you don't give someone your address like, like you'd be crazy to like there's psychos on the internet now it's like give give away every single aspect of your life, like, and then as soon as you do something that doesn't go like down so well, all of a sudden you can be targeted and so forth. I don't want any of that. Yeah, Makes sense. That's smart. And I don't want any like weird pedophiles like trying to, you know, <laughs> come and get you. Do you feel like yeah. you have more um, like more ability to be creative, you know, by keeping yourself anonymous? Like you don't really have to. Like you just have more creative freedom to do what you want and not be judged by it, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit nicer in that sense. I mean, I, I've known people who are like famous, like YouTubers and stuff, and you go out with them, and I would never ever want to be known as my, you know, like who who I am as a government name and government face. You know what I mean? Because it's not fun. Yeah. I respect and that. And I'm not I'm not that famous really. I mean, I've got a little bit enough to like, you know, pay the bills and stuff, but it's bad enough having to talk to people at walls and stuff. Like you get a lot of schizophrenics and shit. Um I don't know if any of you have lived in New York or LA, like yeah. We've got like similar sort of schizos on the street here. And yeah, it's just just easier to to do art and stuff if you you're not associated with um your your actual self that's how slime sunday was supposed to start it was supposed to be completely anonymous i don't know what the fuck happened though i ended <laughs> up i ended up giving away too much information and then now i just kind of said fuck it <laughs> yeah but i was anonymous for like a solid five years like i don't think my parents or, or girlfriend even knew that i was slime sunday at one point and that was awesome i loved it <laughs> i mean no tax tax wise it's good too man yeah dude 
now now the uh, IRS can come at you super hard if they ever want to and stuff if you 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 like do the wrong subdivision or something on the tax return. Super smart, especially dude. Like you, especially with uh, NFTs, like you can stay anonymous, you know, this whole time and never have to report any of your income. Oh, the only no. problem is, is like if you do like platform stuff and um, KYC like. Um, exchanges and stuff obviously you're giving away your government name and such but i mean you can't really get away from the tax thing can you really not financial advice <laughs> not financial advice. Yeah. <laughs> i mean you could do that you could do the what what's it called the john mcafee go around in international waters for years or whatever but it's not really a good life eh? have yeah. you done a piece on him yet yeah yeah i painted him like a couple of days afterwards like i really thought that guy was pretty funny yeah like he had an interesting life that's that's actually this isn't a mcafee question it's a question that i had like how quickly do you turn can you like turn around an idea like do you have like a wall you can hit ready to go and then just like this is going up and it's like 24 hours or yeah i mean i can i can technically paint things in like six to eight hours no worries um i mean lately i've just been everything i paint i'm thinking oh how can I sell this as a digital asset? But um, yeah, but generally like when I'm in that sort of mode, yeah, it only takes like six to eight hours to bang out something. And logistically, is that like you're doing that in at the cover of night or you can go out in broad daylight and no one really cares? Just depends on where you're doing it. Like um, what spot or wall or whatever. Like nowadays, like people just give me walls, you know, like I don't know. That's what I would imagine. Naughty stuff. So when, when did you get started? Shit. Like what year did you start? It, you guys call it bombing? Yeah, like in 1999. And back then it was like you weren't getting permission for these walls, I would imagine. No, I, I pretty much did all the legal stuff for maybe 15 or 16 years straight. And then sort of switch it up around the time I got like lucky enough to be included in that Disneyland thing Banksy did. And I was like, oh, I better... You know, I'm getting starting to get old. I better um <laughs> better treat this as a job. You gotta get that Lambo, right? Well, that's right. <laughs> no, I just like you, I don't know if you guys know any graffiti people at all. Perhaps you do, but um the older guys, and let's say like a graphic designer or some sort of like you know, they've got some sort of straight job. The majority of them are kind of just like, yeah, they're probably not gonna not going to make it past uh, 45, 50, that's for sure. I think, uh, now that I think of it, when we talked to Misha Mad Dog, he was like, yeah, I was tagging for a little bit, but that that wasn't the life for me. And I've, it's not in me till now. Like, that really is the life. Like, you have to live that. When did you figure out, like, all right, I got to start diving into the digital side of this and in, in thinking, being digitally native with your stuff and how you sell your, you know, becoming, create assets, move assets. Was, was that all tied in with NFTs and crypto or? How'd that happen? I mean, I, I'd always had like a sort of interest in the crypto stuff and I would accept crypto for payments for years. Like it wasn't, I wasn't like blasting it out um, heaps, but strangely enough, like maybe a couple of months before I really went hard into the NFT sort of thing, I, I was sort of, yeah, started to blast out, hey, I'm interested in taking crypto for commissions and such. And did a couple of those and then, I mean, I'd had people approach me early on about the NFT thing and doing stuff. Um, 
uh, some guys from Taiwan and such. Um, I forget what their thing is, mint or something. And um, I didn't quite understand it really. You know how when you first hear about it, perhaps you were the same. You're just like selling JPEGs. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're on about. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then uh, I had lucky. I was lucky enough to have someone here on Twitter. His uh, handles GT Sewell. I don't know. He always yells at me for saying Sewell. He's a good guy. He sat me down and he really, really explained it properly. And as soon as it all clicked, I was like, I'm switching everything I'm doing towards this. Damn. It was that interesting of a proposition. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was kind of my feeling too when I started to understand about NFTs. Like I thought, I literally just saw it as like the next evolution of art, especially since so many so many things are on the internet now. It's like, how do you even come close to verifying where these even came from? And I think that aspect of, of NFTs is what made it like so exciting for me is like you could finally basically just say that you made something and put it on the internet you know in, in a very efficient way it's just cool for guys like yourself where like maybe two years ago or three years ago again this dude gt he has the idea to start a digital based art gallery it's all digital artists and such and at the time i was like yeah that's not gonna work buddy <laughs> now it's like it's one of those too soon problems for that dude. He's, he's always on top of things. But now it's like, well, when you think about it, especially when he explained it, I was like, oh, this is the literal birth of where digital art becomes something within the real world where it actually has a value attached to it in terms of like the art space, like art world space. So now people are showing a lot more respect, especially after that massive like Beeple sale and so forth. And now all these Christie's and Sotheby's and so on, that they're starting to sort of smash that, that stamp of approval that this is okay to buy and collect. And this is something of value finally for, for like that digital artist side where before, you know, you'd probably have to work for the movie studio or exactly. do some annoying graphic design thing. And, you, you might sell some stuff in a gallery here and there, but it wasn't as respected and didn't have the price tag attached. Yeah, but just completely underappreciated. I don't even think people really saw it as art. People were just like, oh, you have a computer and you post shit on Instagram. Um, but there's there's like definitely a lot more to it, you know? Like people are spending years perfecting their their craft as digital artists. So yeah, just to be respected in the same way that a physical artist would is definitely uh, awesome. It's, it's crazy considering like uh, like the majority of the digital artists are, are like extremely, their visuals and such are, are 10,000 times better than the crap that say your modern contemporary artist is doing. Especially like I find that the contemporary stuff is kind of, it's almost like propaganda or something like the majority of the work. Yeah. It's not as visually interesting as a lot of the stuff that's getting sold. And that some of the top guys, I love like pack and, and stuff like that. It's like, it's really good stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. Did you ever back to the street art stuff? Do you ever get arrested in your early days? I'm sure that was like a, a thing that came up frequently. Are you pretty good at like evading the cops? I've only been um, arrested overseas and had problems overseas. And then at home, I only had one issue, and that was with painting trains a very long time ago. And after that, like, 
that the thing that the cops tell you when you get caught here is like, why are you bothering to paint like, uh, you know, the trains here when you could just go paint the street? No one cares. Like this city is one of those places that's like, they don't seem to really care that much about the graffiti on the street here, but they're very, very interested in um, if you're destroying um, transit property. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. I noticed like, I've never been to Australia, but when I was in Europe, like street art is just like so much more, it's just everywhere, like in a, in a much bigger way than it is say around here, or like, and even in like New York or a big city like that, like, and, the, and I found the street art was like much cooler to look at. It wasn't just like somebody's like tag name or something. It was like actual, you know, art. And yeah, like, why would you want to remove that shit? Like on the side of like some disheveled building like i have no issue looking at some dope street art you know i mean everyone has different motives with it like from a cultural standpoint like sort of left-leaning people love it um more so than right-leaning people uh, because of, you know the cultural aspect and so forth and then the there's some right-leaning people especially property developers and people that are interested in obtaining as much property as possible they love graffiti because it destroys property value so if you see it, like you could look in new york or whatever the, the places that get smashed the most with graffiti tend to end up the most gentrified later on uh, because it lowers the property value along with all the other social issues and problems going on in that area it, it almost says to people in a way it, it's like broken window theory like you break one window it encourages the next guy to go huh that window's broken. I could get away with breaking another window and so forth. And all that ties into property values and so forth. That's super fascinating. I never even thought of it like that. No, yeah. Me yeah. That's like super interesting to learn. Like what, like what aspect of street art kind of attracted to you in the first place? Was it like the, like the rush of, of getting out there and getting your shit up on a wall or did like, you I mean, I was all like 100% graffiti writer guy for a long time. And if someone said, oh, you're doing street art, I'd probably punch him in the head. But um, at some point you kind of grow up a bit. And the, the thing I saw with the street art thing was like, I'm watching other people around, like this is my motivation at least, it's a bit sad, but I'm watching other people around me that switch from graffiti towards the more sort of portrait stuff or, or, you know, just actual mural work and so forth. And these guys are making money. Right. And I'm out there like doing other crime to sort of pay for what I like to do, which was the graffiti thing. And I'm like, why bother doing any of that? I might as well just do like actual art. Fuck it and make money off it and, and, you know, do exactly what I want to do with my life and not have to do some other sh like seedy shit to, to just to get over and do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Sell out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like Gene Simmons, yeah. You know, from kiss, he's yeah, got yeah. like a good thing on, on selling out. It's like, like you could say the same thing about say music or whatever and tie it like close to graffiti. Like there's, there's all these people out there doing music, right? And it's the music business. So why start a band and go, I don't want to make money? You know what I mean? It's like, right. why become an artist if, if you don't want to turn that into your actual occupation, your whole life, you're like, the, the whole thing you're aiming for in life, why not 
be able to make money off it and subsist off it because it's one of the hardest fucking things to do in the world, man. If I was to be a street artist, like obviously I, I would just think it would be cool like to be anonymous then just like sit on a bench in front of your mural or whatever and see if people like stop to look at it. For me, that would be like the seal of approval. Like, you know how much like, have you ever seen that? There's like all these musicians out on the street or whatever playing music and like every once in a while there'll be a super talented dude that like one person or a bunch of people will just stop to listen to or some shit. And I just think it would be cool to just like sit back and be like, are people actually looking at my shit? And when they do, you'd be like, wow, I guess I did something right there, you know? It feels a bit weird. I don't know. That's just my personal experience. Like sitting on the, like back in the day, I used to sit on the train to go to work or whatever. And you'd hear people talking about you and stuff. And you're like, yeah, it gives you a bit of a, inflates your ego, man. Yeah. I had to to deflate my ego pretty hard over the years because that's a problem with the graffiti thing like it attracts um you know narcissists and egomaniacs and shit i could see that people like tagging over each other's stuff and (laughs) get off my turf yeah yeah that's the aspect i never really enjoyed like all the violence and stuff so moving away from that stuff has been a good thing but it, it still unfortunately is looming there you're still getting into trouble with people and stuff like it's unavoidable but it's annoying. It's not like, uh, say, you're digital artists, they're not beating each other up over, like, oh, you copied some of my um, my spherical shapes, man. How dare you, like, you know what I mean? It's so stupid. Shit, it's the same man. asset I use. That shit happens. But there's, like, a there's different people that do graffiti. Like, there'll be a subset of people who say, it's strangely enough, the people that come from sort of the wealthier areas in my city tend to be the ones that are most violent. For some reason, they got something to prove. It's like you come from a pretty well-to-do family or an area where, you know, technically you're not doing it too tough, but then you're hanging out and you're involved in a culture of people that, uh, you know, they're not exactly the the nicest people or come from the nicest areas for the most part. So you got to, like, amplify yourself times 10 to be on the baddest dude, and it tends to be these weird, like, I don't know, sort of almost like trust fund kids and stuff are the worst types of people involved in it. Like I'll have like the lowest junkie graffiti writer guy and he'll see me painting and he'll be stoked on it and have a chat with him and stuff. And those guys, strangely enough, like my stuff and seem to like me. On the other hand, the guys who are from that sort of other side of town, they're the ones I have problems with. I would imagine you always like kind of, if you're walking around by yourself or just about to set up shop, like always looking over your shoulder, at least (laughs) like who's around. It's worse now because, because now it's like there I am on TV and all that shit. You'd like a, you're a potential story for them to tell in jail. You know what I mean? (laughs) Around, around the bong. You're, you're the potential next story for them. Your next like war trophy. That's what sucks. Mm. People that like don't know you for a bar of soap, but they know your work and they know the the brand. It's almost like brand value attached to it or whatever, even in just under the scene or whatever. If they come up and start shooting you and get their story with, oh, I punched that guy or I did this or I went over that guy or whatever, it's their new little thing to chit chat about because that's all they fucking do anyway. Did not know about any of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a stupid subculture, man. I hate graffiti. 
I did it for so long. I don't know why, but I should have wasted all that time. I should have wasted all that time on doing the actual art thing instead, and I would be like 10 miles ahead. With your art, were you doing any like um, physical prints or anything of any of your work to like get out into collector's hands before the NFT stuff started off? Yeah, yeah. I've been like doing well off my art for the last like four or five years, no worries. And prior to that, I was still like A-OK. I mean that I was still doing um, canvas work and prints and a lot of commission work, like walls and stuff for say Adidas or something, you know, you get big paydays off that. But this is this has been um, the most interesting sort of commercial development with the art stuff I do, that's for sure. Yeah, I was just thinking how you could um... – like deliver a, a physical or utility with your NFT token. It'd be like, I'll come to your house and paint your wall. And then there's your physical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I've been trying with the one-on-ones and stuff. I've decided like, I'm not today, but in general, just to sort of save those for commissions, you know, and then you can do fun stuff like that. Like yeah. I want to, I want to do a series of canvases that offer the chance that I make the canvas, turn that into an NFT animated. But at the same time, offer the chance, hey, I'll burn that canvas. I'll film it. I'll do something fun in, de- in destroying it. You pay for that first NFT, but then I give you this as an additional one. Or you can keep that first NFT and the actual physical piece. So you have the two options. Like that's something I'm saving for like a Christie's <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, maybe somebody is even going to at some point just be like, yo, you just come over to my house and just paint my whole wall like that that could be dope like somebody you know like commissions you to do a, like a, a mural yeah. at their house like i mean that. i was like i was supposed to go and do like personal owns house and shit like i've had interesting sort of like offers and stuff but um you know how it is like sometimes things just peter yeah, out that'd be sick though but uh, there's so much stuff you can do with it like physical and the, the digital you know it, it's just endless yeah. Just deliver them a full fucking wall. Just cut out a piece of a wall that has your graffiti on it and just drop it off at their house with like some <laughs> fucking bulldozer. Here you go. <laughs> brick by brick. They have to reassemble I it. Mean, I, I like the physical stuff, but generally the, the collectors I've found so far are just not interested in it. Yeah, it's weird. They're, 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 they're much more interested in obtaining that digital asset over the the physical and they seem to like the vr stuff a lot because you can take them into it and so forth so stuff like that's interesting to me i did that band from the internet drop and we had um we sold like i think we did like 15 one of ones this was like back a while ago and like five people are just not responding to the email. We reached out to them on Twitter. Like, I literally don't even think they care to have like the box set. I think they just, yeah. Like, fuck it. Fine with no, the I found like from speaking with the, the guys at Nifty and stuff and, and so on, like about physical stuff and their war stories from it. I was like, well, it just seemed at the time, you know, when with the big like bang happening, it was just like more fucking workload, you know? So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to avoid it for now. Yeah. Smart move. It was a lot of work. Like, I, like even today, like it's still, everything's still going right. And you haven't even got the time to like think up new ideas half the time. You're that busy. You're on your feet running constantly because um, of what's happening, you know? 
Yeah, the the VR with with the uh, is it Nifty Chief or Super Chief? Yeah, Super Chief Gallery. Yeah. yeah. Look at so, that right now. Yeah, that, I actually love the VR aspect because, like, you can immerse yourself in the actual street art at that point. Yeah, that, yeah. that's something I've been like doing on and off with um, some collectors. Is like, um, yeah, I can paint in VR and potentially they could have a part in painting it and so forth. Like, it opens up a lot of possibilities there. Oh, you've tried, you did the whole painting in VR actually. That's sick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. This, like all the VR work I've done, yeah, it's all painted within the application. Um, it's called King's Ferry Graffiti. Got the graffiti. It's pretty Are cool. You, have you ever thought about like 3D scanning um, like a wall that you worked on and like getting all the textures and everything and turning it into like a 3D object? Because I feel like in VR, that could be sick to have your like have the mm. actual 3D replica of the wall like existing in a virtual space like i think that no, could i've never scary. never thought of it but i will steal your idea and honestly i think you can just like like you can 3d scan like directly from your phone now like the technology is there um yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Ritter was do, doing like, that one I, I don't know I've, I've been trying to work out a way to sort of keep it it's hard because like what I do is what I do. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, I've always had sort of a digital aspect to it because everything I did was aimed at social media anyway, just like any other like artists these days. So it's always had that like digital component, especially with the video and such, but then now it's like, okay, so I've gone wholly digital with the, the VR stuff and so forth. But then how do you continue to bring in um, that real world, that physical aspect into that digital world? So, my, my like middle ground at the moment is yeah i paint the wall and then i create the background afterwards like either i green green out the background of the wall and create a green screen and so forth or like been experimenting a little bit with the ar thing but the problem is obviously um you know the majority of collectors are in the states and i'm in australia so they might miss out on the opportunity to even play with that you know what i mean yeah. So it almost just becomes like a little, like almost a uh, novelty or something. So it, it's hard to think of how to, like, as a physical sort of in the real world artist guy, how can I digitize further? Yeah. I think 3D scanning would be sick for your stuff. Um, you should talk to, you know, you should talk to is Philip Hodis because he does a lot of like 3D scanning, like from his phone. And I've seen those, yeah. those images. Yeah. I'm familiar before. with that guy. Yeah, and they're sick. Like I don't know how he does it, but he gets like sick 3D scans of different locations and stuff. And you can get like big locations. Like you could do like a 360 degree 3D scan of something, and then you know it could have all your art on it and shit. Like that's there's so many possibilities there. Yeah, we 3D scanned the studio the other day like really badly, but um, yeah, that that app that's on the phone at the moment, man, it's really cool, man. Yeah. I've been scanning in all kinds of weird shit just to do it. Yeah, like print. You could even start printing walls and stuff, like 3D printing walls. Like, that would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, with the with the wall, like, sorry, with the prints, we've been doing, like, AR Easter eggs with those. So you get the print, and there's an AR Easter egg in, inside it, you know? And you can use a certain program on your iPhone or whatever to sort of um, bring on that AR experience. People seem to dig that. Is that like when you hold your phone in front of like a print or something and it like comes to life? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been yeah, playing yeah, around with that, like with this, um, with the the guy I do my all my prints with. It's, it's good fun, man. Yeah, I've seen. I that mean, because you, you you got to hang up in your house and you want to show off what you just spent five hundred dollars on. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. it's a good way to conversation starter. I never thought about that. You could actually turn like if you had an animated NFT, but you wanted to sell a print of the still. You could yeah. embed the AR and yeah. then hold your phone up and look at the video. Yep. Sick. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff we're being like messing around with. It's good fun. It's it's really cool that this all sort of exploded, man. It's given me like um a whole set of new things to to mess around with. Like I'm terrible at like I, I still I use photop.com instead of Photoshop <laughs> because I haven't paid for a subscription, you know what I mean? I'm Dude, terrible with digital they, shit. They rob you over at Adobe. Yeah, those dude. It's like every two months, they two months they bump up the subscription money like fucking ten bucks. It's crazy. I mean, brilliant business. Like, <laughs> can't hate on that aspect. Oh, like, I mean, brilliant business move, but terrible for consumer. Horrible. <laughs> there's some good competitors that are coming out that you should look into. Like, I think there's like a $50 Photoshop replica. You just buy it once. You can use it as much as you want. Um, That's sick. It's called Affinity, I think. Like Affinity Photo and Affinity Designer. They're like 50 or 60 bucks. And it's basically the same thing as Photoshop. Yeah, I'm like that caveman that still uses SoulSeek, man, to get my MP3s. I'm that guy. <laughs> LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should check out if you if you're into having like um the actual files of say music and such, check out Soulseek, man. It's got everything, like all the bootleg guys are on there and stuff. So if you're into oh, really? music, hello, like there's guys on there that will have every single show you're after or all kinds of weird shit demos and everything. What is it called? Soulseek. Yeah, Soulseek. It's like one of the um surviving like peer-to-peer applications hmm. let's see i don't know why they haven't shut it down to be honest <laughs> i guess they've just given up they've given up on uh that aspect of uh mp3 piracy thing it's like that's old hat yeah i mean you can get you can just go like on youtube and just like download shit if you really want to you know like just yeah copy the link or whatever and, and get the file but yeah for yeah. movies and shit not that easy so I mean, I torrent. I still torrent everything. Like, I can't help it, man. I'm just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your blood. Uh, just, I just don't see what's the point of paying ten dollars when I can just torrent, torrent it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I'm one. I'm one of those guys on Twitter that goes, "I can just screenshot your NFT, bro." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I buy Photoshop. I'll just torrent it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that. I hate that um that argument, man. It's silly, but I mean, I, I I'm not gonna lie. Like when I first had Cinema 4D, I turned it. It was like I think it was like four grand to buy, and I was like, "There's no wow. chance I can afford this shit." So yeah, I just got like a cracked version of it, and I used it for like five years. <laughs> yeah, it's a big it's a big chunk of change, man. Especially if they switch it up to a subscription thing, then you're like you're up shit's creek, you know. Yeah, it's like I think it's like six hundred bucks a year for uh, Cinema 4D. Jesus, I mean, it's it's fine if you're like employed as said, you know, occupation that uses said program. That's no big deal. But if you're like a hobbyist or something, and it's kind yeah. of like shitting on people. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like the barrier to entry on the on the 3D software is not like you can't just like 
come off the street and start making 3d art you have to invest a large amount of cash you know like you got to buy a computer you got to buy the render engines you got to buy the software it's a lot of fucking money i I wish i had the like patience for for like 3d or just any form of digital sort of art stuff man takes a lot more patience than what i'm doing why don't you try like you ever do like digital painting get one of those like tablets or whatever Um, Uh, there's just something off about it i don't know it just doesn't feel right i mean the vr thing is strange because this program, this King Spray graffiti or whatever, I don't know how, but I guess it was made by some graffiti writer guys. So they understand the experience yeah. of using spray paint. It's like identical oh. to the real world. So I've like really vibing with that. But then when it comes to like, like I don't even draw on paper anymore for like the last like four or five years, everything I do is like based off imagery anyway. So when I go down and do the wall, it's based off a photo or something I rigged up on photop.com and then, yeah, reproduce it on the wall. Yeah, and, yeah like using a, a tablet different. or something, it just feels weird, man. Yeah, like spray painting is kind of like your your way to to make art. So drawing is completely different, I would, I would imagine. The, the yeah, software you use, can you like change the, the spray nozzle and stuff? Because I saw you on some videos like using the cap and like, does it yeah. take away from that aspect of it? No, it's, it literally feels exactly like you're painting. And the best thing is you can use undo. In the real <laughs> right. world, there's no undo, right? That's very like true. In this program, there's undo all of a sudden. And you make a wonky line. You don't have to waste another 30, 40 seconds redoing the line or whatever. You just go undo and do it again. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, Which I'm, just picturing cool. you, I'm picturing you in the VR goggles just like with the two wand things like pretending to be <laughs> spray cans is that what it is or do you have like mock cans yeah. in your hands <laughs> no it's really it's like obviously on your um on your wand or whatever there's the the click for like uh as if you're using in the shooting game or whatever whatever that is that trigger yeah yeah so you you, you like turn the the wand to its side and the trigger just feels like the top of the can the nozzle or whatever it's strange huh. it's actually kind of cool Dude, you should start making your own um, Lush Sucks spray bottles for VR. That'd be sick. I, I re- I tried, I've been trying to reach out to the developer of that game for the last six months to try it. Like, I'm offering to buy his whole thing, like the whole, like his everything. And he just will not respond to me. I don't know what it is. Like, it's some, it must be some weird graffiti thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they're graffiti guys they're probably like oh, fuck this guy street Dude, artist. Build, your own. build your own and make so, it better that's what i thought they're really underutilizing it. it's such a great thing like it's whatever they've wasted their like last couple of years making or what they're not wasted they've they've put all that time into making this really great thing and then the way that they're sort of putting it out to the world is like pretty so so man like i was offering like trying to get at them to, to to do like a almost like a dlc pack with my stuff you know like a new environment or something fun like that but yeah yeah i guess i guess maybe i like went over them or something like on the street at some point because they're <laughs> Aussie, so. they yeah you can some, do like templates and all sorts of stuff custom colors well, that's that's what i do now is like say i painted in that program we we extract the the painting and then apply it to like a, a 3D scape that we can build ourselves. So that's potentially something interesting. I could collaborate with people that are, you know, 
3D based artists in a way. Like I'd, I'd like to do some stuff like that in the near future. Yeah. Again, it's just true. like the last months is just sprinting nonstop sprinting. I'm, I'm sure you guys might understand yeah. as well. Like there's no time to stop and like start any planning. I've already got the whole fucking year planned out and into the next year. It's like I know it is no new wild. ideas yet, you know. It's you nonstop. Did- I was I was just saying that to basically everyone I've talked to about this, but it's like since August of last year, it's almost been a year since I started NFTs. I have not I literally have not stopped. It's been project that, project to project. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> so I'm not used to that because I'm not the guy that had the job, you know what I mean? Like I had a real job once in my life. And uh now it's almost like the NFT things become my job in a way because I have actual deadlines and stuff. I had that before, but not to this extreme, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit strange, but I'm starting to adapt to it. Yeah. Speaking of those projects, you just did uh, the Nifty Royale, right? Yeah. Yeah. I chose like, I think we chose a bad day to drop it though. <laughs> Cause there was like four other, for at, like for some reason that avatar thing is like that's what's up at the moment yeah yeah big dude, time. I, unfortunately i dr- decided to drop it um on a day where there was i think three or four like 10k avatar drops you know it's crazy but there's people still got involved in this one and it went pretty well like i, I like the idea of like gamifying drops and stuff you know so that was something i like thought about long ago and the these guys from Chainlink. Um, somehow got wind of the the idea I had and ran with it. Um, just looking now to try and like see where we can build from there. You know, it's it's a really cool concept. It's like everyone enters and battles it out to obtain the one of one, but at the same time you still get to keep your NFT that you entered with. So you're not technically losing anything, you know, but you have the chance to to win something of much much greater value. Yeah, I like the aspect of like the secondary marketplace, like while the battle's going on, because yep. like the ones that are still remaining in the battle are obviously worth more money, and people are like bidding on trying to get those because it still yep. could be a winning ticket. I think that it's like it's just cool because it gives people reason to keep clicking refresh, for example, and that yeah, I mean you can have different strategies and such in terms to to reach that goal of the one of one and so forth, you know. It's it's pretty cool. I haven't seen anyone else do anything like it. So, and the artwork was um, one of the creators of the Chainlink network. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find when when was this? Oh, it was only the other day. Yeah, it's it still active right now. I think it, it finished up, but it was probably like a week ago, maybe. Yeah, dude, it's so hard to keep up, man. It, it really is. <laughs> Every day, there's there's a drop. We went from like. Uh, the board apes dog drop to cool cats in like 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, the avatar seems interesting. It's like kind of, um, I mean, as, as an artist, I'm not big on it personally, um, but I understand it from like the collector standpoint, like I understand why it's valued and why they're so interested in it, yeah. especially with the aspect where they're offering for a lot of them where you own the commercial rights and so forth to that said avatar, you know? So then potentially you can make money on top of your um, investment via those means and so forth. And exactly, it's interesting. I, I saw it like board apes to me, it was super innovative. Like I fucking yeah. bought that shit hard. Like 
I wanted to, I just wanted to buy apes. I just wanted to buy apes for like a week straight. Yeah. And I gave away like 15. Um, <laughs> but, but like now it's like, everybody's just trying to replicate board apes, you know? Yeah. That's, that's or, the or problem. Anytime there's an, an innovation, obviously everyone and their, their grandmother with half a speck of brain goes, well, why can't I take a, a spin yeah. on this uh, or just directly copy it and potentially make the similar amount of money. And the myself. funny thing is, dude, is people are still buying them. Like no matter how yeah. shitty of an avatar project is, it's still doing like 10 K in ETH in a week. It's like, where, like, what is going on? But well, I mean, that's, I, that's, I understood it with board apes. I don't understand it with it. Yeah. Like, everything else is coming after it you know i mean if there's like the utility and such that everyone keeps talking about and that actually is the truth to it like i can see why people keep trying to sort of have a crack at it at that potential like there's, there's something there for them you know like i get it yeah um, tyler bought a fucking rug yesterday <laughs> <laughs> i saw that dude i guess their whole thing is like making fun of the avatar projects where it's like a rug pool so like <laughs> It was meta, so it hooked me in. I thought it was kind of funny. It was like a big also like you. I think that was like the way they designed that looked very Beeple esque. Like all the way they everything they wrote was in a very Beeple way. The the font they used was the exact font that Beeple uses and all this shit. To me, it looked like they were pretending to be Beeple and using that to their advantage to sell these rugs. And mad people bought them. That's that, that's part of the rug pull. <laughs> Well, I like when there's some sort of humor to, to a drop or just to say an artist's personality or so forth and it's not so serious. That's it's fun. Yeah, I agree. Showing some self-awareness, really. Yeah. yeah it is I mean, I mean there's, there's space for everyone in that term. Like, there's plenty of, like, artists, artists and people that are doing, like, the most, like, over-the-top, like, wanky stuff, you know, like or con the conceptualizing and all the big words and stuff you learn at art school and so forth. But <laughs> Taping bananas um, to walls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even that's funny too, but... Um, I was going to ask, I just had this another like general question, but are, are there any are there any of your murals that you just like take a step back from and you like just um, like laugh to yourself and then just are waiting for someone to complain? Like <laughs> what are like the most memorable ones? there's got to be like, at least a couple the ones that i laugh to myself about are the ones that get reposted by the subject like yeah, yeah. yesterday britney spears posted herself like something i did of um britney spears's son um happens to be a weeb which i thought was really cool at the time and he'd, he'd drawn like DBZ characters in like vape hoodies Absolutely. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was fucking the best thing. And that was like a couple of years ago now. I thought that was the best thing ever. Like Britney Spears' kid is like into anime. So I went and painted, repainted his drawings on the street as, as closely as to the drawing as I could. She mustn't have seen it or whatever. But then randomly, like yesterday, she's seen it and posted it. It's, you can't help but chuckle at stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like the David Spade one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I like spoke to David Spade in the DMs and he was very, um, this is a long time ago when it was like 
at the second time it went viral, it's gone viral like four or five times now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it just hits a cycle. And on the second time, he's like, I'm fucking sick of people damning me, this stupid fucking wall. I wish you'd fuck off. You're like, I'm serious. That's the kind of shit he was saying to me. It's not your fault. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I guess it kind of is, but not. you're not yeah. sending it to him. <laughs> but now uh, I think, um, I, don't, I don't know, maybe his PR person posted it or something, but... Um, yeah, it's went viral again. It's strange. Some of the walls, like, they'll um, get posted in a certain segment of, like, the internet or whatever that hadn't been before, and then it goes viral again. It's Isn't strange. that fun? How it'll just hit another pocket because the internet's so big I live, now. I, like, I live for that viral sort of thing, man. Like, for a few years, that was my whole focus is, like, how can I either use – pop culture to boost my stuff or viral meme culture to boost what I do. So that was the whole mission for a long time. Seems to be when, working. You get, when you get the win, it's so much fun, man. So the, the Kim Kardashian one was a win. I'm assuming. Was that another? Yeah, that one? was, it was like around about the, like maybe a couple of months before I did that wall, I'd read a, a couple of books on uh, um, media manipulation and for like virality hmm. and i took like a, a lesson from one of the books and applied it with that photo so that was the the time when she in quote marks broke the internet with that that selfie that naked selfie yeah so right, i thought yeah. all right this is already in the public conscious or whatever take that apply it to a massive wall and then you you basically create a narrative or a story because obviously you have all these clickbait sites and you have the media and they just live for content, right? Yep. So if you provide them a story and uh, they run with it and then you continue to build on top of the story over the next few days or as long as you can keep it running. So I got the initial thing where painted the wall the morning after, call up the radio stations at four or five in the morning. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm at... I'm the angry neighbor and there's this the big fuck, fuck off. I'm, there's this massive um, mural of naked Kim Kardashian across from me. I'm fucking angry. I'm, I'm pissed off. I want it removed. They run with that initial story because um, the radio is owned by the same guys that own the TV and the newspaper, each, each <laughs> sort of in Australia at least. So they run that over to the newspaper and they go out and take photos. And in the afternoon, all of a sudden, there comes down the TV, guys, and they take and do their little story. And then it's in the public conscious. And also from my own account, it's already getting viral anyway. And then the next day, you provide them the next little tidbit of the story and they continue to run with it. So some dummy went down. I didn't even plan this. Some dummy went down there and wrote nasty stuff over the top of it. And then that become the next aspect of it. And then on and on and on. So that was like my first experiment with um, doing sort of a, a wall that was aimed at trying to get it as viral as possible. That's fucking cool. That's the context that like, I would just assume there was nothing behind it besides the fact that it was something circulating the internet. Um, I mean, they, it's, like you have a playbook. it's like, I'm going to execute this play right here. Then I got to get to like four o'clock in the morning here. get the next play. <laughs> not not um, like, I, I mean, not every time you try it, it doesn't always work. Yeah, you got to leave. What I've learned is you got to leave a fair bit of time in between drinks, if that makes sense. Like mm. if you look at Banksy or whatever, 
he's the master of it. He'll leave a fair bit of time in between his like pieces that he probably has worked on or I you know mapped out in his head. This will be something that's viral. This will be something that gets over, and then he'll drop it out of nowhere. But it seems like it's out of nowhere. But he has a he has like um, the best PR person in the world um, representing him and such. So she'll make it pop, you know. That's so fucking funny. Like I just missed something super. Like you'll hear it. You'll hear it on I know, Monday. I'll hear it, I'll hear it again. But <laughs> I just I like saw you guys like laughing your asses off. Well, and I had this whole thing muted, and I was like, "Fuck, what did I?" <laughs> you'll love like, it. Like you, you can literally look at any any VR like sorry viral moment on the internet, and a whole lot of them are pre-planned, especially ones that are coming from say a uh, sort of like corporate business side. Um, like you can look at like, say, uh, what is it? In It's called Burger King in America, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, say they get something viral. That's massively pre-planned and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like that's sat down. There's people sitting in fucking meetings for months trying to work out how to do it right and shit. Yeah. Did, uh, now I'm just thinking this too because I watched that late line video. I sent it to these guys and they... Uh, do you think that crew is expecting a dude in a uh, gorilla mask to just be like <laughs> serenading Harambe? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, it's fucking hilarious. Those, those guys hate me now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. This is, I don't know what it is, man. Like, because I painted Trump a few times just for fun, the, the sort of uh, like left leaning people here really don't like me. Man. And that, that particular, um, that particular like news channel is um yeah it's it's sort of like the what would it be okay. like a PBS of but yeah and as soon as you like you off narrative even by a little beat um you're the enemy you know well, they you just don't, both they sides. don't understand I'm joking yeah, yeah exactly. if they hate you dude you did something right that's my opinion like if they hate you that much you did something right I mean I've never been the guy like there's the, the way to make money off street art, right? There's two options. Is either you do work that is either corporate friendly or like NGO slash governmental friendly. Because as an artist, a street artist, for example, you can only really make money doing grant related stuff slash governmental NGO related stuff where you get paid that big payment. You do that big wall. And you live off that for the year. Or on the other hand, you do walls that are for corporate stuff. So say in Australia, there's laws where if you go and do a big skyscraper or an apartment building or whatever, there's an allocation in the budget for that building that you have to spend on art. So the current sort of in-fashion thing is to get a street artist to do a mural, for example. So that's how most people will make money as a street artist off those two enterprises because to sort of make money off your art on canvas and stuff, that's like hard mode. And there's not really, you'd think it'd be um, the obvious choice to do, but the competition within that space is quite high. So there's only a certain segment of people that will actually make money off that. So that's the, the, the main two things that, if you're a street artist, you're going to make money on. And I wasn't really interested in either. So I had to sort of come up with my own way to make money somehow. Yeah, you figured it out somehow. Yep. Yeah. 
because it, basically if you choose those two paths you, you're doing either on narrative stuff and perhaps you're not into the politics and stuff i, I hate all that shit um or you have to sort of tone down everything you do where it's corporate safe and sort of um not gonna ring any uh, bells or shake any trees and such so i just went all out opposite seem just like you have like a list of of enemies but like you don't mean to have them like uh, i think the problem is is like perhaps they see one thing and they haven't seen the whole package if that makes sense i really enjoyed bulgaria taiwan um japan the states was fun until i got banned um yeah. you're banned Wait, you're coming banned? here yeah, I'm like on a no-fly list and stuff. No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Obama. Did you paint an airplane? <laughs> no, no, I just, I just, um, I don't know. I was wilding out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I used to like work in porn and stuff in the States without a visa for working. Um, yeah, it's a long story. Dude, that sounds fucking fascinating. You were painting naked yeah. bodies or were you, were, you were a porn star? I almost got to do porn star stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah, almost. But yeah, I was doing a lot of work with um, a lot of girls over there and stuff, um, like body painting them or painting them into walls and stuff. Um, it was a thing I was doing for a while. It was kind of stupid. Kind that of sounds respect. awesome. So, so <laughs> yeah, but it, it didn't help. It didn't help at customs. Like they're seeing me do all this very strange shit, and they're like. Yeah, we don't want you back, man. Basically, wow. Like the the TSA agent that got rid of me, I added me to Facebook a couple of months down the track and was like taunting me about it. What? <laughs> yeah, I must have been the most interesting person he's ever booted out of the country or something. Like, it sounded like proof. Like they like, they had my laptop and they called the whole office in. Like, I'm talking like you know 20, 30. Um, agents over to the computer to look through my shit and laugh. They just thought I was a kook. <laughs> Holy is there, shit. Is, is, there, there, is there like a limitation on like when you can come back? Is it like a five-year, 10-year thing? The, the, I mean, technically my band's up, right? But I'm not eligible for the um, it's ETSA or ESTA um, program where um, our countries have an agreement saying that basically – with little fuss, we can travel between each other's countries, right? I'm not eligible for that anymore. That means that I have to apply for a green card or a visa, right? And that's hard enough already without having issues prior. Okay. Mm. So I have to, I'd have to spend three, four times the amount your average person would spend on a green card or whatever, which is already expensive as it is for someone trying to, to become a citizen or be able to work and the USA or whatever. So, um, yeah, I've just been holding off because I want to like have like a really good reason to be there, uh, like corporate or commercial reason, and then tie that into getting my shit back together. I mean, it's been a long time since then, but Dude, yeah. You can make a whole story out of that. That's super interesting. So technically you just yeah. got, like, you got banned for making art basically. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got put in jail there and stuff too in New Jersey. And then um, after that, they sent me over to, because I'd come from London to come into the States, they sent me back to London 
And then the UK banned me because they're like, oh, why did you get banned from the USA? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. They're just going to ban, they just banned me anyway because I've been banned from the USA and bounced back. Dude, and then why? from there, I went to jail there. And then I got sent from that jail over to Singapore and got put into the Singaporean jail and Dude, got why? the same treatment and then sent to Sydney. I'm not from Sydney. So it was, um, yeah, it was pretty, uh, it's got PTSD from uh, being through a war. Yeah, why would you want to come back to the States after that? That sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, in a way it was good because I got out of um, ending up getting married to someone who turned out to be a, a kind of a cunt. So that's the way I look back on it and try and uh, make a positive out of it. There you go. You just yeah, there you got go. lucky in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I help but think. It's really, it's annoying because I've had really good opportunities potentially in the States since then, like, you know, like $180,000 budgets from Netflix and stuff to do one wall in LA, stuff like that. And you're just sitting there going, fuck, that'd be nice. But yeah, fuck. Sneak in. (laughs) Based on that last, last story, I think you might have to broker a deal slime right now if you got any of those old scans or, or prints for that 3d idea so yeah dude <laughs> shake on shake on it right now and dude, then I'm down. It, let's go there's a collab <laughs> yeah the 3d shit's interesting man there's like heaps of stuff potentially to to do with people you know but I, i'm like i'm shy <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna just dm some dude out of nowhere i don't know be like, oh, buddy can you make a 3d environment for me bud like <laughs> where'd, you, know what I mean? <laughs> hey, where'd you leave it with the uh tsa agent then you just let them stomp what? all over you and just you just take it the tsa guys the guy that reached back out to you i just blocked him straight away that was <laughs> weird. Yeah, fuck that dude one comment block like when i was getting interviewed by said guy he asked me if I wanted to kill the president. He asked me if I was in the KKK. I was like, what the what? fuck? They found like a comic I did where it's a, um, a KKK guy doing his washing and he mixed his colors with his white. So he had pink washing. <laughs> and somehow that turned into I want to kill the president and so forth. Oh. And then after this is like going on for hours, right? And then he's like, do you believe in God? And I was just, I got to a point where I was, I think that's the, the whole point of it. I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm done with this shit. I don't want to go in this shitty country. And he's all right, sick. And that was the end of it. Then they put me in jail. Like, do you think it was because of your political paintings that you were targeted? Like, is that a possibility? Uh, at the time, like, I had zero, I was no interest in doing political anything. Like, all the political stuff I've ever done, like, painting-wise, is just because that's what's meaning at the moment, you know? Yeah. It's in a funny light. It's never really like a yeah, political it's, statement. It's always, like, no, exactly. Yeah. I like, I mean, both sides. Like, maybe Hillary Clinton was sides, like, I don't like that picture of me. Let's ban this. Oh, dude. that, that, that's the whole episode. Another episode, man. <laughs> like, that, that was a whole drama. Love the Burka cover up, though. That, and then the, the comment in the bottom was just absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's again going back to the the strategy with once you're in the media, you got to keep the, the the story going if you can, you know. And exactly. also, they were like doing all kinds of like the the local government and um, so forth. Uh, the the realtor of the the poor guy that was renting the property and so forth were doing really underhanded stuff. But in the media, they're saying that they 
oh, blah, blah, blah. We're not, we're not reaching out to try and get it removed or anything. Meanwhile, they are, you know? So yeah. I had to turn it up like a notch. <laughs> but yeah, that was a, that, like they banned me for that. Uh, like Instagram banned me for that post. And then I had to make it into a news story so I could get my account back, you know? Damn, dude. Yeah. Damn. Dude. Yeah, man. Like your your art is fucking hilarious. Some of it's just fucking hilarious. I love it. <laughs> like, I'm, Try, just, I'm just looking at shit right now laughing because it's so funny. The misquoted ones are my favorite. Like the yeah. we were just looking at the Morgan Freeman, Nelson Mandela mix up. Yeah, the Larry yeah. David, Bernie Sanders. It's, it's so funny. The more ignorant it is, the better it goes, man. Oh yeah. Strange. <laughs> and the more it's it's like even and if you do like real dad joke stuff too, it just goes well, man. I don't get it. Just run with it. Like it's funny when um say a war goes viral and then the poor business owner has to deal with like a constant stream of people going to take photos with it and so on, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but they might be getting foot traffic to that business yeah, too. Business out of that. Oh, but it's yeah, it's good in that way. But um, yeah, they get like sick of people asking questions about it and like I painted that world record egg or whatever, yeah. And I think that was one of the ones that had the most like people going down of all things you could paint and expect for some sort of reaction. <laughs> that one. Um I just painted the fucking egg on the wall and the business owner said he's never had that many people come into his business. Like he didn't understand why they were there for this stupid egg at the start. He's like, why are you painting a fucking egg on my wall as well? <laughs> um, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, but then he's like, oh, but then he's like, but now I, I like the egg because the lady, she took her top off. I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you take the photo with her top off. I like, so did you did you have to like go there and get permission to to paint that on his wall? I just it's some walls I've been painting for a long time. Like I originally got asked to paint say years ago, and then you just update it now and again, you know? Yeah, cool. It's his wall now. Yeah, but <laughs> then like pretty much every because of the COVID thing, I haven't been able to sort of update the majority of my stuff. That's why I've been for the most part painting at um, the studio that I got. Um, Pretty much everything I've got on the streets wrecked at the moment. So at some point I got to go around and redo everything again. And then it gets wrecked again. And it's just a never ending battle because um because you're the the street art guy, yeah. And the graffiti guys, it's like they're the punk rock culture and you're like Led Zeppelin or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually the video, the cold ones episode, was that at your studio? Yeah, yeah. That looks awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's you can thank the the fucking internet money for that. <laughs> and that, the one guy money. that when you guys did the Simpsons one, the the Marge looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that Max Mofo is a funny dude, man. I don't know if you're familiar with his content, but he's like, do, do you remember like Filthy Frank and that whole era when YouTube was actually funny? I don't. That might have been before my time. Like, um, what was that other one that was going around at the time? That was similar to Filthy Frank. This was like back. Yeah. I, I remember we were in like elementary school when this shit was going viral. Yeah, he's he's from that crew of like YouTubers and such, and um, yeah, that a few of them are from Melbourne and Australia, and just like known them for ages. And um, yeah, they've they're always into the graffiti stuff, so they're like, let's do something finally. 
Oh, they yeah, dude. Oh, is it Filthy Frank, dude? Isn't that fucking that musician Joji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what, he's he, like, he, he like he, completely changed his direction. And now he's yeah. like a super talented musician just somehow. <laughs> I mean, he was always, that's a funny thing. It's like a lot of the guys that parody and do funny, you know, do com- comedic stuff and especially like music wise and that generally that they're, they're actually pretty good anyway but maybe here that he like he made all his own beats and stuff and like yeah you could just tell he knew how to like make music but then it was always like a joke he never like took it seriously and then he took it seriously and now he's like huge no it's cool he's a he seems like a nice guy man i've never met that dude but yeah i've met the other blokes from that sort of crew They're, they're good people man yeah yeah that's like yeah that's like earlier on talking about like having your face in public and stuff like I'd never want to be your Max Mofo or whatever because imagine every Zoomer on the planet knows who you are yeah. and you're the funny guy on the internet. So you go to the bar and the Zoomers are now at the bar because they're old enough to go to the bar and you're the you're like the monkey at the zoo. Like, yeah, do something I'd funny. Hate like, I'd hate to be that. It sucks. Like, dude hardly leaves his house. It's It's like fucked up, man. People just like hand you a Sharpie and be like, Draw Harambe on my ass. Like, I, see, I'm lucky that that sort of stuff only comes very little in little amounts. And because it's in little amounts, I can go, oh, I understand from like a point of view. Like if I saw Metallica on the street, like I wouldn't suck their dick or anything, but I'd be like, hey, buddy, like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Not that I'm anywhere near Metallica status or anything, but I understand from like, you, you really enjoy their their output, you know, their art. So I'd be all over them or, you know, how could you not? So I get it, but I'm glad that I only get it in little bursts because you go fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Are you still doing any body work these days? No, I'd wrap that up, man. It's not, not good for um, social media, man. Oh, true. It doesn't work, so. No. But the account got um, deleted. Like I was doing – do like shows at strip clubs where I paint all the strippers in the club and then have work hanging and stuff. And it was fun, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like anything that can't be sort of exploited on social media is kind of like, it's dead weight, isn't it? Yeah. I guess you can't really call the news and be like, come down to the strip club and take some pictures for your story. <laughs> yeah. And, and then also the like political climates changed and like, yeah, it's just, it's like not worth it. It was fun. It does seem like Australian fun. TV is like more lenient on nudity than than our television is, though, because they, they showed some of like the Donald Trump stuff with his dick out. And I was like, they would oh, really? never let that fly. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched I TV. Know about that. So who, who knows, man? I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's actual <laughs> footage, Tyler? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you had to paint over the dick with Hillary's face, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because it's like painted, maybe they don't they don't mind so much. I mean, if it was just some Dewey's dick out, perhaps that's not going down. Yeah, I mean, it's not a real dick; it's a dick you've imagined. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Um, that wall I painted. I still get DMs every six to eight months from the guy that lives across, and it's actually changed hands three times. The apartment. Because because it's a tall piece, um, Trump's face looks into that apartment. So every time, every time someone 
every time someone obtains that apartment for themselves, they message me and go, buddy, can you please get rid of this shit? And then I don't want to pay. I don't really want to pay for the scissor lift to go down and redo that wall in particular because it's in, it's like dead set in the middle of the city. There's going to be a point in time where you're going to be like up touching that up and you're going to be eye level with that apartment and whoever lives there is going to like see you. You're going to lock <laughs> eyes and be like, fuck. But one of the guys the, list. the apartment, like currently, he was like sending me videos of him throwing eggs at it and shit. Like, like that's pretty funny. It is. That's good. That's good. That's good material for you. So what Not do you have in the works stuff. right now? Uh, we know that, you know, the Super Chief is still going on. Uh, I guess when this releases, it'll be over, but we'll see how that yeah. goes. And then what else is on the horizon? Well, I had like some auction house sort of um, reach outs and stuff. So touch wood, that turns into something fun. And then just your average every two month drop on makers and nifty, you know, slot those in. Hell yeah. Um, and then just... um perhaps do some more stuff with the Nifty Royale thing too, man, because it's an interesting, interesting thing to do. And then I've been talking on Discord with everyone um, about doing an avatar project where it's just solely for the collectors and perhaps not priced at 10K, you know. It's just something to sort of thank the people that, you know, may or may not have spent well, well over 10K on um, stuff I've put out, so almost like a, a thank you in a way, but at the same time, still a cool project to, to do with people, you know? That's sure. awesome. Yeah. yeah that'll be for next. collectors across all platforms. Cans, right? dude. You should do some cans. Like They've been talking like, we want anime girls. We want anime girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, give the people what they want, I guess. <laughs> I, I've got to, I've got to think of it like, um, well, Obviously, if I've got to bang out a hundred things, like it's got to be something that's not because you look at the, the avatar stuff now, they're not overly um, work intensive per se, the cartoon sort of thing. Like you could probably bang that out in a week or two, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've got to think along those lines, like how I can still make something really cool, but not be like stuck doing it for the rest of the year. Just don't make 10,000 of them. No. Nah. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just gonna sort of look at the scrape the data of the collectors and people who have held for a certain amount of time. Um, that's who I'll sort of do the work for, you know, and then cap it off there. And then if other people who are collecting perhaps want to obtain one, that helps um, build like a little secondary for them, maybe you know. Yeah, just a little like, in-house thing. I like the Royale, man. I think like you get the right amount of people in there, and you, you like do the timing right. Yeah, I mean, that that should work. I mean, it it was kind of like the beta test of it to make sure it would work and everything, you know? Yeah. Um, It it kind of worked. Everyone that was involved that I've spoken with, like, collector-wise, they they loved it because it's a little bit more exciting. Like, everyone loves, like, I'm sure you've got the same feeling when you're sitting there at the auction, like, refreshing, refreshing, putting that bid, making sure you're going to get that motherfucker and shit. Well imagine there's a whole game where you're doing that all fucking day you know and then that on the aspect of the like you potentially buying other ones to obtain a higher chance of getting that that one-on-one you know the prize it's good fun it's the first like gamified way of doing like an auction that i've seen and I, yeah. i'm just excited that there's going to always be new innovation in this space new ways to gamify or bring utility to the nft world yeah, I mean, I just saw like Beeple posted he's going to do something similar out of nowhere too. So that's interesting. 
Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm no, curious just to know what what people does next. You know, just make a lot of fucking money, man. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't really <laughs> need to do anything next. I, play tennis with Andy Murray. Like, like I, I like people, man. Like when I first, like the wh- how I got my initial nifty drop, I think pretty much can be like chalked up to him. Um, because I, I, I was like. I'm going to start painting people involved like in that crypto world. And I saw like, um, you know, Beeple's involved and, and so on. So I painted these individuals like the Winklevoss twins and stuff. Yeah. Um, 500K. I remember seeing those. Yeah. And like the, the Winklevoss twins reposted and stuff. That's cool. And then um, Beeple mustn't have seen it for quite a while. But then once he saw it, he like hit me up and was like, this is the coolest shit, man. Yeah. And he was real stoked on it. And, it's pretty rare, man, because you'd think like, like I don't expect anything from anyone if I paint them or whatever. Like, you know, you can't be like that. But when they're super stoked on it, man, it feels good. Yeah, so, man. He's a, he's a good dude for sure. Yeah. So he, like, if you go look at his timeline, other than his work, I'm the only other thing posted on there. It's crazy if you think about that. <laughs> that is yeah. wild, dude. Yeah. It's really cool. He's, he's a super nice guy, man. He's fucking cool. It's good that he's like the the in a way like the the number one guy at the moment or whatever, because um, he's funny as fuck, you know. He gives a certain sort of um, vibe to everything, man. For sure, that's what we were just talking about in the last episode, where it's like the personality of the artist plays a lot into like the culture and the community around them, and like the the collectors that resonate with that personality. Well, I mean, if you think about it, kind of like we're all kind of nerds, really. And um, he's like an alpha nerd in a way, yeah? <laughs> yeah. He's like yeah. that that ha funny nerd. Like, he's got the money already, man. He was already doing pretty good. Like, he's a talented guy, you know? He's got that alpha nerd thing going on with the jokes and shit. So <laughs> I can see why um, we all vibe with him. I mean, his art's fucking funny, too, you know? Like, there's humor, exactly, yeah. there's exactly humor like- in a lot of the shit he does. This is all internet-based stuff, and what's what's the most consumable piece of like content on the internet? It's humor-based stuff, like memes and and jokes and funny videos and stuff. That's like the the lifeblood of it. So I get I get why it goes so well, man. Well, Lush, I really appreciate the time, man. This has been awesome, and um, you know, good luck with uh, the auction that's going on right now, and then you know your next Nifty and your next uh, Maker's Place drops will be. Checking that out, and maybe even an avatar project. Lush sucks tags for everyone, customizable. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what else I can do. What what else is there? I was Beauty. like, fact, initially, I was trying to do a lot of collaborations and stuff with like musicians and shit, and that didn't pan out. Like, I had like little Nas X, yeah, he's yeah, this for and he's this. He wanted to do a drop, yeah, with me, and give proceeds. Initially, this is what was pitched give 100% proceeds to said charitable organization. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then all of a sudden it turned into like, uh, yeah, we're going to pay you 5% and we're going to take the rest and maybe give 10% in charity. Yeah, fuck so that. I kind of gave up on um, celebrity drops after that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I got to sing with some other shit. Should be 50-50, man. And, and it's, it's turned out to be that musicians don't really pull – they kind of like no matter how big the person is, no, no one was really buying music NFTs. You know, I think people just appreciate the the digital art more, or, or the way that like, if if there is music, the art as well has to be good. You know, 
Yeah, it's it's strange, man. Strange. Like I think the weekend drop is what ended that um that whole thing, huh? Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, I'd agree. They overminted like hell too. I mean, if I mean, so it was the times, but I think yeah. that sort of scared collectors, unfortunately, because there was plenty of legs to to do collaborations with people, and it would have helped to sort of build the the people involved, perhaps. But what can yeah. you do? There has to be a second wave of like artists that understand the technology and like have a do way to give right. back to the fan base like yeah the, the blau method actually i love the royalty aspect that the road he's going down with that mm. sure. i mean there's there's still it seems like the smarter musicians in the room always be uh tend to be the electronic artists like i mean if you look at perhaps um yeah blau and uh it's not marshmallow man what's the other cunt um Dead mouse. Guys, Dead mouse. That's it. Yeah, he's a smart motherfucker. He's yeah. smart. So there's still smart musicians and other sort of talented people that can work it out, man. So I got hope. Yeah, Dead mouse. Like you can, you can tell he's a smart dude. If you ever watch those videos of him like tinkering around with his synthesizers, it's like a, it's like he's working in some like crazy ass like apocalyptic lab with like all these things that he's like plugging in it's fucking crazy you gotta like he's just like plugging shit in and making sounds it's bizarre but it's fucking cool i, I like that he, he was there on the ground floor and stuff you know what i mean like it's pretty hard to be to, to be in that situation you know yeah especially busy motherfucker you know he bought an nft off of me on super rare a goat That's it. yeah because he was it was a picture of a goat and he's the goat lord, so he lowballed hey, me you, too. If you're bowling already, why <laughs> not? I, guess. <laughs> I did take it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna call it a night, Lush, and then you can enjoy the rest of your beautiful Saturday. Yeah, my eyes no are closed. <laughs> are you uh you guys got good weather down there right now? Nah, it's winter time, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that actually blows my fucking mind i know dude i think um i think the general consensus of americans is that we all live in like the outback or, or at a beach yeah that's kind of what i'm picturing like I, yeah. yeah i, I picture I, I live in an industrial hellscape. <laughs> you live in like Pittsburgh. I, I live in tanneries and and um places where they boil chicken um chicken bones and shit to make fertilizer like um yeah it's not the australia envisioning no not at all but it's cheap cheap you guys yeah, get yeah. you guys don't get snow do you rarely rarely yeah. i mean there's two or three places to do at like high altitude but they're like hills in comparison to your mountains and stuff like it's terrible yeah, and and like, what's a what's the temperature like average around in the winter? I think it's like yesterday was like twelve degrees. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit. Uh, it's like fifty degrees or something. Yeah, that's pretty miserable weather. Yeah, yeah, degree without not snow. Bad. Yeah, I mean tolerable, but it's like it's not living up to the Australian meme. That's for sure. <laughs> not everything will kill you. Yeah. I just picture oh. you out surfing with great white sharks. They're like your friends. Yeah, there's like <laughs> there's fucking there's kangaroos plenty everywhere. There's plenty of that still going on. You check your shoes for spiders and shit every time you put them on, you know? Fuck that. For real. Yeah, we're oh, soft. Fuck. We are soft. But otherwise, Australia's good. It's fucking super hot in the summertime, man. Like mega hot, like Dubai hot, but other than that. 
that, that have should, fun with that. That should be that should be the tourist tagline of Australia, for Australia. Doesn't snow that much. It's, it's per- fucking hot. It's pretty good, but it gets pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah hot. It gets, gets mega hot, but other than that, it's, it's not bad. Big country, man. Bigger than Texas. <laughs> Bigger than Texas. Fuck yeah. All right, man. All right, dude. Peace. Nice to meet you, bro. Bye, guys. Nice talking to you. Damn, that's nifty.